This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. We start off by talking about one man turning our attention straight away towards Houston. Houston did not have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. It did not have a problem <laughs> because the zombie is back. He is marching amongst us. He is throwing big, fat, right uppercuts for fun and he is sparking kids out. How good. Was that? To be fair to the Korean zombie, he did well to actually get to the event. Never mind that. Donald Trump didn't even give him a song of a prayer. He didn't even give him a fucking visa. I'm surprised that he was allowed to fight, mate. He, he got over the wall. That's what it is. And for those that don't know, it was Super Bowl week in the States. So, of course, we pay homage. And Nick tells us his little Super Bowl story. Yeah, when we were in junior school, part of some school class thing, we, we all, everyone in the school wrote to an American sports team to see if he could get anything back and whatever. And I wrote to the 49ers. I think the 49ers sent me a patch and a folder and whatever, just bits of whatever. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> and ever since I was a 49ers fan. You know? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 74 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This is our UFC episode. Hope you are well. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you join us on a weekly basis, thank you so much. If you don't, if this is the first time you've stumbled across us, go to our website, fightdisciples.com. You can subscribe for absolutely free. We won't charge you a bean. We're not them type of people. We give you all this stuff for absolutely nothing once a week. If you're a UFC fan, if you're a massive fight fan, there's three shows on there weekly. Get up there, get subscribing via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can also keep up to date with our conversations throughout the course of the week on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know how this works by now, at Fight Disciples. Come and be a part of the party. Come and abuse us as much as you want. Come and join that conversation. Come and have your say on some of the nonsense that we talk about on a weekly basis here at fightdisciples.com. And we are turning our attention straight away towards Houston. Houston did not have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. It did not have a problem because the zombie is back. He is marching amongst us. He is throwing big, fat, right uppercuts for fun. And he is sparking kids out. How good was that? Woo! What a comeback after being out for like three and a half years. Fuck you know, man. Three and a half years. He's been polishing boots for three and a half years. <laughs> what ring rust? What ring rust? <laughs> Jesus. It was outstanding performance, you know. And I, listen, a lot of the MMA media didn't give him a song and a prayer. Never mind that. Donald Trump didn't give him a song and a prayer. He didn't even give him a fucking visa. I'm surprised that he was allowed to fight, mate. He got over the wall. That's what it is. Well done, zombie boy. Super. It was quality, wasn't it? It was, it was quality. And to do it, you know, obviously Bermudez is a guy that's, you know, he, he's kind of, I think, I think I'd read somewhere that in the three and a half years since Chan Sung Young has been out of the octagon, Bermudez has had like eight or nine fights. And this is a guy that's completely proved himself in this weight class. Yeah. You know, he's only ever lost against other guys in the top 10. You know, a legit operator. When the match was made, I was like, fuck, they give Korean Zombie like a hard return. Straight They're back in, done man. Done him no favours. Mm. But I tell you what, he hasn't missed a beat. Already comeback fighter of the year. Fuck everybody Unreal. else. Of don't, course. I don't care. You've of won, course. mate. You've won exactly. the award. <laughs> Fighters Only Magazine, comeback of the year, ring award at the end of the year. You've done it, mate. Well done. Take your trophy now. Send it him. 
It's like a bookie. It's like a bookie paying out on the Premier League. Send him the trophy. Nobody's going to come back like that yeah. unless Ronda comes back right and knocks some dude out for fun. It ain't happening. He's the boy. Yeah, exactly. He's the, the comeback. We're talking. A, we're talking a Randy Couture comeback is the only thing that would top Korean Zombie there after that performance. And you know what? It looks like he's going to get. He's going to get himself a good opportunity as well. I know people are calling for an all-Korean matchup with the Superboy, which would be interesting. Wow. The UFC have to go to Korea now, don't they? Got to. Got to. Now they've got two absolute superstars. They're yeah. just waiting to go out there. And they've got uh, Sexy Yama, I think, is still active. The yeah. old veteran. He, he would work out there, of course. I love Sexy Yama. Everyone loves Sexy Yama. Good man. Um, so it, it, it's obviously it's crying out for an opportunity like that. But, uh, man, the zombie... Like he, he said as well afterwards, he said, you know, I know I've been on military service for, I think he's been on military service for like three years, and then the last six months, he's actually been in camp. He's been all over the US, he spent some time at Team Alpha Male for this camp, I know he spent a lot of time at, um, in Arizona with Benson Henderson and John Crouch. Uh, you know, so it's not like he's been away, and then he kind of gave the game away, he was like, yeah, I've been in the army for three years. I've been basically they give me an office job and I've been training every day. I just give me just give me the time to let me body heal. Wow! It's like fucking now. No one told Dennis the Menace Bermudez that because <laughs> he? he got absolutely sparked and he hit him with a big right hand. Yeah, he did. And the zombie man, he just kept coming through it. Did you see the conversation that um, that he had with uh, Dominic Cruz about ring rust over social media? Yeah, I know because Dominic Cruz has always said in the past as well. That he's he doesn't Big believe fun. in yeah yeah exactly yeah so uh, it didn't it didn't uh, you know it didn't surprise me that Dominic Cruz and him but Dominic Cruz said the same thing there's yeah, no yeah, such yeah. thing as ring rust yeah yeah, yeah well he, basically off the back of um, that fantastic interview post Dominic Cruz defeat last time out when he gave that fantastic interview Zombie was watching it yeah and he says hey superb I like a little bit of that therefore he upped his game in training because there is no excuse there is no uh, such a thing as ring rust and hence <laughs> stepping up his game when he went into Houston yeah exactly you know. And, where does he go from here now? He beats a top contender. He's he's right back in the mix. He's got to be right back in the mix. So with Jose Waldo, as uh, Max Holloway is well and truly christened him now, completely and utterly on the missing list. Mm. Um, you know, if they're looking for an opponent for, for Max Holloway to, to unify that belt, if Aldo is going to move on to a different weight division, then um, they could do a lot worse than the Korean Zombie. Because you don't forget, the last time he the last time he fought, three and a half years ago, he lost to Jose Aldo anyway. Yeah. It's a good fight, but he, he got stopped in the fourth round. So, the same comeback now, and he's fresh. Keep him busy. Get him back out. Were you impressed with Fight of the Night? Andrade Hill, absolutely sensational. The girls brought it more so in the uh, in the weigh-in as well. I'm a yeah. massive fan of Angela Hill, pretending that she's a street fighter from uh, yeah. the actual computer game. She wore the iPad, she had the kicking leg, she had everything going on in the weigh-in. She, she, I just love the theatre of this. If somebody's going to bring some A-game, bring some proper A-game, and I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, it is, yeah, and I'm glad now that we picked it out on last week's show and said she was the one to look out for, as I say. She was in tough, she was in the ultimate fighter, She'd come out of that and she had two really tough fights. I think she fought Tessa Torres and Rose Nami Yunus, lost both them fights, got cut by the UFC, didn't get upset, went to Invicta, the all-women's fighting champion league. Bossed it. Became champion there, became the bee's knees. UFC wanted her back. They wanted her back so much, they, they almost bent the rules because if you get released, they can't bring you back within some kind of time, time frame. Yeah. But, so they've, they had to wait. As soon as that time frame was done, they've brought her straight back in. And I think any other any other strawweight, other than the champion, any other strawweight than Andrade, I think she wins that fight on Saturday night. She just happened to get Jessica Andrade, who was bang on her game, who was right on the coattails of Joanna Jadrizek at the moment. I think that was, you know, it was a great fight for fans. Again, 
you know, look at Angela Hill's three opponents in the UFC now. Killers. All top girls, you know. But she proved she can more than hold her own. And I don't think, you know, it's one of them. And it? it's kind of like when Danny Roberts fought. He lost, but he come out of it with so much respect. Yeah. Angela Hill, she lost at the weekend, but she's come out of it with so much respect. And you're like, yeah, you are legit. You're definitely top 10 in store weight. And again, I just want to see her go again. Do you want to go again with another top 10 contender? Or do you want to go again with somebody that is... 60-40 in her favour that she's going to get a victory in the UFC. Yeah, I'd like to say, I know she's from New York, but she's based out of uh, California, San Diego with uh, uh, Alliance. So I think I'd like to see a fight on one coast, you know, maybe a homecoming or maybe closer to home in Alliance, you know, closer to California. Mm. I think she's uh, she deserves an, an opponent now rather than a top 10 girl. Yeah. Problem is in the story division, the, there really isn't that much depth anyway. There can only be 20, 25 girls to choose from. But, uh, but yeah, I think she deserves now an opponent that's going to kind of bring her back in. But listen, you come back in, you're on the main card. You can't ask no more than that. Andrade, Jadrajek, is it happening? I think it's got to happen, hasn't it? I think Andrade's proved herself now. I thought she looked big. Do you know what I mean? Too much for the weight? I don't, she looked, I don't know whether she's that tall. She just looked massive, like physically. Holly Holm massive. Big, yeah, just, just like big. Do you know what I mean? I was like, fucking hell. She looks like she's been, uh, you know, hitting the weights, Jim. Let's say, but uh, but yeah, but listen, you you, you don't saw that. you don't run through Jessica Penn, submit Joanne Calderwood, and then win a fight of the you know a, a, a fight of the month against Angela Hill, who was full of confidence. You don't win those three fights and then not get a title shot. You know she can't be too far away now. Mm. She's a legit opponent, put it that way. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, before, before, before we move on, go on. I want to just bring up the heavyweight, the Brazilian kid, that Marcel Fortuna. Yeah. Actually a light heavy. Gets a phone call two weeks ago because Anthony Hamilton's opponent pulls out. UFC basically go, listen, son, there's an opportunity here, but it's up at heavyweight. You've been waiting for your chance. Do you want it or not? I love the fact the kid goes, yeah, I'll have it. The UFC said, okay, how much can you weigh on the night? You know, basically, we don't want it to look like a mismatch. And he bullshits the UFC and goes, yeah, I'll be like 235. Don't worry. You know, obviously, I'm not 250. I'm not a heavyweight, but I'll be 235. And the UFC go, that's fine. That's fine. You know, as long as you don't come in too light. Fucking guy weighs in at 210. Five pound over the fucking light heavyweight division. And the UFC apparently are like, oh, no, it looks like a complete mismatch now. But what does he do? He goes and starches Anthony Hamilton, knocks the guy clean out and straight in the ring. First round knockout against Hamilton, who's back against the wall. He's just lost the fight against Francis Ngannou, yeah, a guy yeah. we, we've tipped as a future champion. Hamilton's been itching the UFC. I need to get back in. I need to get put that loss behind me. I, I'm, you know, I'm on the right track here. I want to win a win. You know, I want to fight for the heavyweight title. So they end up matching him with this late substitute light heavyweight. He weighs five pounds over light heavyweight. Comes in, starches Anthony Hamilton. And then the best thing was in the, in the, in the conversation afterwards, Brian stands like, you know, what a performance. You know, are, are you going to stay a heavyweight? And he's like, fuck no, I'm a light heavyweight. <laughs> get me a match at light heavyweight. Basically, I'm here. I got, took me a chance to get in the UFC. I've just knocked out a heavyweight. No, I'm not a heavyweight. Can I please have a fight at the light heavyweight now? I'm I've arrived. And he's made a name for himself, Martel Fortuna. I'm going to be looking for that guy this year. Keep an eye on him, man. Also keep an eye on OSP, mate. Where does he go from here? Ugh. Slide in. Slide in. Talk about... Uh, Fall from grace, man. I mean, getting a shot time. at John Jones. And then obviously we saw him in Manchester get absolutely bingoed by Jimmy. Yeah. 
It's not gone his way once again, man. Exactly, yeah. And uh, he's, got to, he's got to he's got to be careful, man, because they don't fuck about the UFC. He could get cut. He could get cut, you know. And what's that now? One and four. One and four in his last. One and five, sorry. Yeah. In, in his last few fights, I think he beat Cavalcanti, but lost against Glover. Lost against John Jones. The John Jones performance was actually his best performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He broke you know, his arm in that fight, didn't he? Exactly. And he gets starched by Manoel. We were up close and personal for that one. That was one of the knockouts of the year from last year. Serious. But to lose against a guy that's, you know, relatively new to the UFC, it was a late substitute, this guy. I think, in fact, I think it was his UFC debut. Same who was, I'm supposed to be fighting this guy. Yeah. And the guy get brought in. Listen, when you lose in fights like that against late-standing guy, but Jan Blachowicz, he was supposed to be fighting, that's right. And this guy comes in to replace him. If you're losing against these guys that are coming in, you know, you're onto a bit of a hiding, really. So I, I, OSP's career with the UFC has is, is certainly got a big question mark over right now as well. And that's kind of OSP's area, that Texas area as well. That's, you know, he's, that's his hunting ground. Mm. So it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Are you um, a Super Bowl man? Yes, I am, yeah. I'm, Are you really? Uh, yeah, every year. A mate of mine, Plunko. Oh, I. Uh, absolute lunatic American football fan. I worked with him for the years at Liverpool Echo. He works for BBC Sport now, Plunko. But anyone who works at BBC Sport will know Plunko is Mr. NFL. He's obsessed. Huge Patriots fan. Huge. And every year, it's generally on my birthday weekend. It wasn't this year, but it, weekend it, after, it, yeah. it generally is around my birthday weekend. So um, previously, I would always take Monday off and I would stay up because it'd be kind of be part... You fucking the, weirdo. I know, but the aftermath of my birthday celebrations, I'd be like, out Friday, out Saturday, Sunday, stay up all night, you know, fucking having a drink at home, big bowl of popcorn, watch the, watch the you know, the, the Super Bowl, or stay up as long as I could. And my routine, I haven't worked with Plunko for 10 years, but my routine is always to have a... Conversation with Plunko via text message. We do it every year. This year, half past ten, Sunday night, got two kids under three. I just messaged him and said, Listen, mate, have a great night. Enjoy it. Your boy's going for the going for the record or whatever, you know, blah blah. I'm out. I ain't even gonna try and stay up this year. But usually I would always stay up. I'm a Niners fan, man. I'm a, I'm a 49ers fan. Same. You're a 49ers why, fan. Why are you a 49ers fan? Joe Montana. Mine's not. Growing up when I was a kid, yeah. 49ers were basically dominating the game. So uh, I think when we were in junior school... Yeah, they were. Yeah, when we were in junior school, part of some school class thing, we we all, everyone in the school wrote to an American sports team to see if you could get anything back and whatever. And I wrote to the 49ers. I think the 49ers sent me a patch and a folder and whatever, just bits of whatever. You know, I'm a fan. <laughs> and ever since I was a 49ers fan, you know. My wife treated me to a trip to Candlestick Park. Oh wow! On our uh, on our honeymoon, amazing. Because we went to San Francisco and she treated me in there. We went top in, draw. Had a little bit of a nausea, man. It was all good. Yeah. However, I'm not the type of kid to stay up for the Super Bowl unless the 49ers are in it. You see, I'm one of them fans. Yeah, yeah. If your team's not in it, I can't be asked watching it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But by all accounts, I missed a fucking screamer at yeah, the weekend. And I sleep belter. Yeah. But to be fair, I always struggle to get past the halftime show. In previous years, I'd get that pissed. That's because the halftime show's two hours, mate. But then you, you, you fight to stay up to watch the halftime show because you know it's going to be kind of epic. You're going to see someone's nipples or some shit like that's going to go down. <laughs> but this year, as I say, you know yourself, with, with young kids in that's the house, gone. mate, sleep's too precious. Plus, we're used to watching English football, not American football. So when you go to English football, halftime's 15 minutes and you get a couple of cheerleaders and an halftime kickabout. You know what I mean? Someone trying to put a ball through a hole. Uh, not Lady Gaga singing. Exactly. From the roof and then diving from the Full roof. Full concert, mate. Kind of stuff. Full yeah, concert. Yeah. 
Mental. Anyway, well done to the Patriots. Sensational comeback. Yeah, Tom Brady, five-time champion. That's Serious that, record, isn't it? Man. Serious that. All after de- deflate getting his uh, relationship with Donnie Trump. Yeah. So it's it. all going off on there, bro. It's all exactly. going off on there. Um, if you're just tuning in, this isn't an NFL uh, podcast. No. Go and speak to our friends at Gridiron. They're our boys that managed to secure our interview. You may remember at this time last year. That's right. With Deontay, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, yeah. Absolutely. I guess our boys were out there, were they? They were, 100%. They were at L1. They were there, absolutely buzzing for it. Well done, lads. Uh, Ollie and Will out uh, in the States for uh, a sensational night. I'm sure they fully enjoyed it. Yeah, I th- I'm guessing... I've seen someone compare it, but I didn't know, you know... Was that, like, the NFL version of Istanbul? <laughs> You're always bringing it back to Liverpool. For those that are listening <laughs> uh, across the pond that have no idea what he's just referred to he's a big Liverpool football fan and Istanbul's the thing man every time there's something to do with footy whether it be you haven't won the Premier League yeah but did you do Istanbul it's that he's got that every single time (laughs) there is some news um, going on in the world of UFC just in case you are tuning in we're not an NFL podcast we're a UFC podcast uh, but we just thought we touch upon everything that's going over uh, in the the States obviously this week with the uh, with the Super Bowl I'm Every single week, we seem to be talking about the transition that is currently going on within the UFC. Um, on a bureaucratic level, mm-hmm. we've spoke about they've not spoken to Conor McGregor on a business level, for example. So therefore, yeah. maybe when stories do come out um, that do surprise me initially, maybe I shouldn't be so surprised about them. For example, Frankie Edgar re- uh, uh, revealing this week that he's got one fight left on his contract and nobody's spoken to him about it yet. The ki- the kind of negotiating, but they haven't hit a deal yet. It seems a little bit loose that to me from a business proposition if you've got one of your stars yeah in your game um that's one fight away from being a free agent and there's other promotions that are chucking money left right and center at stuff seems i don't know whether naive is the right way because they're they are business people at the end of the day they know what mm-hmm. they're doing but mm-hmm. it just seems a little bit weird that you wouldn't do that for example in the world of football we just mentioned it you wouldn't do it with your top star you'd have them contracted up for a period of time yeah so therefore they can't go anywhere and you can make a few quid on them you know what i mean yeah of course, it's uh, just comes back to this whole WME IMG takeover radio silence that we've heard about. Now, what we do know now is that they've called a fighter conference, and every single fighter under UFC contract will be in Las Vegas in May. I think it is right. They're doing a conference in May. Is that around two eleven? Um, two eleven thirteenth of May in Dallas. Uh, well, obviously, it won't be that weekend because the guys fight so the in weekend Dallas, before, maybe. so it might be the week after or you All know right. around that time. But basically, they're they're pooling together. From what we know, every fighter on the roster is going to be in town. What's the in what's Vegas. the buzz? What's the word on the street, man? Well, the word on the street is that they're going to be shown around uh, the new facilities. They've got a brand new like athletic development center they're opening in Las Vegas, which every single fighter on the roster and their coach is going to have unlimited access to. Wow! Which is going to be like looking at injury recovery, which is going to be a staple place where everyone can train, where they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff there. So that's one element of it. Another element is that they're going to be sitting them all down in groups and discussing certain things, the direction of the business, how things are moving forward, where the growth's going to be, where the expansion is. It's nice that they're kind of inviting the fighters in and going, right, okay, you're part of this business. This is where the business is going. Well, they're the staff of the business, aren't they, at the end of the day? So my, I can only imagine that the fallout from that will be a big press conference, a big media moment where they'll go, right... The fighters know, now we're going to tell you what knows. Otherwise, it'll just be a case of the fighters coming out and going straight onto every radio show or whatever it may be 
and given their version of, oh, this is what's just happened. They mm. can't make 500 fighters say nothing. So I can only imagine that, that will be the date, May, when we will find out what the hell is going on mm. because there's a lot of empty dates. There's a lot of fights missing headliners. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with the UFC right now. Connor, Frankie, you know, people leaving, Everybody, people man. staying. Everybody. I think every fighter that's contracted the UFC is kind of going, what the hell is going on? You know, where is this thing going? But we've said it before, you don't spend $4, million, $4 billion on something with the aim of losing it. You mm. spend it to make $8 billion, you know, and I truly believe that there'll be a lot of big news coming out of Vegas that week. But that could be the week when we find out exactly what the hell is going on. Yeah, I've got a couple of other things that I want to throw you away regarding gossip that I've heard this week. This isn't confirmed. It's not come from an official UFC source, but it has come from a legit uh, journalist, let's say, that I respect. Stipe Majorcic, uh, Junior de San, uh, Santos, uh, part two, yeah. for UFC 211 in Dallas. That's what they're talking, man. That's done. It's locked. It's done. It's That's it, signed it's and in, sealed. It's in. Yeah. It's in. It's, it's in, in the game. It's in the bank, yeah. What a great rematch that is. Banked, exactly. What a great rematch. And... You know what, everyone's, I know Fabrizio Verdun was kicking off a little bit, he wasn't too happy about it being made, but listen, at the end of the day, we just want, we're just fans, man, we just want to see fights, we want to see it go down, you know, and if you're not available, if you're not putting your name forward, or if you're not being active or whatever, we don't care, we just want to see the belts get contested, mm. left, right and centre, so it's a... Uh, it's a good one for my Ochich, to be honest with you. After his performance the other week, that these guys are keeping it warm for Francis Ngannou, aren't they? You know, who's, who's gone up the rankings, by the way? Is he up to six now? Five or six now in that? He's, in he's that up division? to he's up to five or six now. Yeah, it's one or the other. But you know, after so he's his one fight. He's one fight away, man, from the big time. Big time, yeah. So you know, Vadum came out this week and was like, "Oh, I can't believe Desanyos has got the fight before me." Well, I'll tell you why. Because my Ochich beat you and took the belt off you. Yet he lost to Junior De Santos. So it makes sense for Junior De Santos to get a shot at him because he's beat him before. So that's why Junior De Santos get in the fight and that's why we're bought into it straight away. But Nagano, the whole Nagano situation is that th- these guys seem to be distancing themselves. They, they'll tie themselves to the title fight, but no one's tied themselves to a Nagano fight. Did you see the Rumble Johnson conversation? Have you seen that interview? Rumble, where he's talked about getting hit by Nagano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. is fucking unreal, that, exactly. isn't it? Because you don't see fighters come out and admit that type of shit. Of course. Basically, for those that haven't seen it, I don't know who it's with, what, what media platform it's with, but Rumble's giving a little bit of an interview um, regarding um, sparring with Nagano. And basically... Nagano was one of those unknowns that was brought in to spar with Rumble Johnson. And everybody knows that Rumble can, can whack, man. He can yeah. proper hit. And he says, this kid came in. He, he was referring to him as the French guy, the guy that's just won another. He didn't really know his name, did he? No. And uh, Nagano's come in and hit him. And he's basically said, fuck, no wonder everybody's running away from this guy because that guy can really, really dig. Yeah, exactly. As we know anyway, we've seen, we've seen him. Because he only, he only clipped uh, Arlovsky last week. And Just a cuffing, cuffing left hook, yeah, exactly. So he's the guy that they should all be terrified of, and he's the guy, obviously, no one wants to fight at the moment. Listen, Vadum needs to get get back. There you go, Vadum. There active. you go, Vadum. If you, yeah, you want to get yourself back, if you want to get yourself back in the mix, go and fight the big French fella. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See how long you last. Um, what do you make of these rumours that I've heard this week? Again, you'll be able to clear this up. That uh, Nate Diaz has been offered a fight in the UFC, and that fight was. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, or the other way around, I think it was, they're waiting for, they, I can't remember who they're waiting for, whether it be Eddie Alvarez or Nate Diaz to confirm whether that fight happens or not. But that is in the mute. They are muting that fight, uh, yeah. Diaz versus Eddie Alvarez. It's a strange situation with Diaz at the moment because it's very similar to Conor, of course, because Diaz is also applied for the boxing licence 
um, which suggests that he's kind of getting on the old Muhammad Ali thing as well to try and free himself up to compete when and wherever. I think Diaz versus Alvarez is a great fight. I'd love to see it, but uh, I think right now the only way you get Nick, Nate Diaz back into a ring is if you get Conor McGregor in the opposite corner because he ain't going to make anywhere close fighting against Eddie Alvarez the what he made fighting against uh, Conor McGregor. And the way that Diaz has worked is it's like, nah, I ain't coming back for less. I'll come back for more. He come back for a smaller piece of the pie. And this is what Connor's kind of ingrained into everybody. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then, Sugar Tits, it is the uh, first named event of 2017. First pay-per-view, yeah. First uh, US pay-per-view anyway. UFC 208, Brooklyn, New York is where we are heading to. And it could be a bit of a historical night because it is obviously the inaugural night for the female featherweight division. Hence, um, the name of today's show. Um, there'll be people across the ponds that think to themselves, why has he called it that? Today's show is called Birds of a Feather. See what I did? See what I did? Fucking hell. See? <laughs> Love a fucking pun on this how, show. How long did it take you to come up with that one? Do you know something? Quite a long time. <laughs> Quite a long time. Anyway, there you go. That's uh, the name of today's show. It's obviously because the ladies are going at it for the uh, female featherweight uh, championship. And uh, a big night for both girls, but in particular Holly Holm. Yeah. She's lost two on the spin. Mm-hmm. She's the previous uh, champion at the weight division below. Massive opportunity for her to create her own piece of history by becoming a two-weight world champion in the UFC after yeah. a fantastic career in the world of boxing. Exactly. I think she was a multiple-weight world champion in boxing oh. as well. So I think she won you know, dozens and dozens of belts, didn't she? 18. Insane. 18-time boxing world champion. Well, she was two-time Ring Magazine Female Fighter of the Fuck Year or something. Mate, so she's ridiculous. It, talk about someone like living two lives. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it's an amazing opportunity for Holly Holm. I, I, you know, I think the UFC would accept this was not their dream matchup for the first featherweight title fight. Yeah. Obviously, they wanted... The reason they brought this belt in was to get Chris Cyborg a belt. Um, but it is what it is, you know. We, we've got these two girls going for it. We're going to create a little bit of history. It's a funny card, this one. It's a funny little pay-per-view. There's sprinklings of it that I'm like, yeah, I can't wait for that. And then there's other bits I'm like, why, why, why is he fighting him? Mm. What, you know, it's a bit. It is. It is a bit of a thing. Is though, we've spoke about this many occasions when we've sat here and gone, can't be asked with this. It's always yeah. then flames. It's Big absolutely time. unreal. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, I'm not saying for a second I can't be asked. I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view. To be honest with you, from the outset, you know what I'm looking forward to? The new commentary team. First time. <laughs> <three. Goldberg. laughs> Who's on it? Is it Anik? It's John Anik. It's DC. Joe Rogan. And, and, DC. and Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Three in the booth. The three of them in the booth. They're going to be doing the full commentary. That'd be quite yeah, cool. interesting. Mm. Um, the but, fight of the comic and the analyst, uh, and the actual legit commentator. That'd yeah, be quite exactly, cool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because they trialled it last year, if you remember. We, we spotted it and we were like, oh, there was three people in the commentary booth this weekend. Mm. So they've obviously pushed it around a little bit. I don't know whether that's come over from the NFL or basketball or something. Maybe they do that in the US. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, obviously, be different because we used to have Aaron Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goldberg shouting away, you know, so... Uh, It'll be interesting, but, uh, you know, I, I totally rate John Anik. You know, I think John Anik... Yeah, he's good. John likes the business, you know, I've liked him since before he was in the UFC when he was with ESPN. Rogan breaks it down for the layman. Rogan's the main man. And uh, and DC's shit up, man. I know he was pissed off that we never short, shortlisted him this year for Analyst of the Year <laughs> for the World MMA Awards because he messaged me direct and was like, can't believe he never shortlisted me. More than anything, Dominic Cruz is taking a piss because he did get shortlisted <laughs> and I didn't. So uh, He's actually good. Apologies to DC, but I think he's fucking mustard. I'm looking forward to it, so... It, it'll, it'll be interesting from that point of view. Uh, it'll just be a different feel and a different look. But, uh, you know, it's 
as things moving forward, isn't it? Things are changing. Let's, so. Well, let's talk about the top of the bill, man, because... Okay, we're talking Holly Holm because a lot of people will will know her name because she shot to fame after knocking out Ronda Rousey down in Melbourne, right? Yeah. However, uh, the random man is is an unbelievable Mai Tai fighter. Completely. I think she's in her Mai Tai career is like forty six and all. She's ridiculously unbelievable. Nobody beat her. Dutch striking sensation. Yeah. So what exactly? You just mentioned the key word there, striking. So these two girls. They're going to stand in the fucking middle Mm -hmm. of the octagon and belt the living daylights out of each other. These are sensational strikers. This could be unbelievable. It could be. It's a kickboxing match, to be honest with you. It's a pure and simple kickboxing match. Both girls know how to strike, both hands and feet. They know how to let it go. You know, to be honest, looking back to last week's fight... And the way that, because that yeah, was two yeah, strikers yeah. again, you know, the way that kind of well, turned out. that just takes off from there. Maybe we could see the ground game of, of either Durandame or Holly Holm. You know, that would be the cat amongst the pigeons. It would be that if one of them goes for a takedown, like, oh, okay, this isn't supposed to happen. So uh, Can't see it, though. I can't see it, no. I think it's <laughs> going to be a striker match. And I think it's going to be a case of uh, who lands first, lands hardest, is going to win this one, but... The random aim, man. People don't know much too much about her, but she's an absolute killer. She's an absolute killer. And to be honest, at this point in time, I'd probably give her the nod over Holly Holm. That's a lot of people are saying, maybe going the other way to what yeah. you're saying. They're going home rather than the random aim because her UFC career at this moment hasn't lived up to what we've experienced in the world of Mai Tai. Yeah. Obviously, it's a different game because you're bringing in mixed martial arts, there's different things to combat. If you're getting up against a wrestler or you're getting up against a jiu-jitsu artist, yeah. all these things you've got to take into consideration which she's not been necessarily used to. However, this fight, she's up against somebody that she's used to fighting against. The style yeah. is exactly made for her. Exactly. We're going to see, I think, the real Durandamed this weekend, man. I think... I'd, I feel for Holly Holm because she needs to win the fight because she's on a slide. Yeah. She loses this, that's three on the spin. Mm-hmm. You know, where does she go from here? Yeah. Where does she go? Exactly. And Durand May, you know, she's only had a short MMA career. She's, yeah, she's only know, been so in a year, I think. She's she? had less than double figures in her fight game. And mm. um, when she's lost, she's lost against grapplers. The only girl that beat her up was Amanda Nunes. There's yeah. no there's no there's no shame in that, you know. Nunes is the business. So this is uh I think the pressure's on Holly Holm as well. You know, the fact that it's in the US, you know, she, she'll have all the pressure on her shoulders. People know who she is because she beat Ronda and everything else. And, uh, you know, that she'll be carrying a lot of the pressure into this New York card. So it's uh, it could be a perfect timing for the randomly, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, also on that card, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago because we weren't too enamoured with the UFC 208 uh, fight card. But obviously when, you, when you're in the shit, you call on Anderson Silva, don't you? That's Hell what you yeah. do. You give him a ring and Anderson obviously loves fighting. He just fights any man and his dog. Mm-hmm. He's taking on Derek Brunson, a man that's coming off the back of a defeat to Whitaker. Whitaker was awesome in that particular fight. Brilliant. I'm gobsmacked that Whitaker didn't get the shout for this. Yeah, a bit gutted for Whitaker because I'm yeah. sure he'd have jumped at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. jumped at it. Um, but again, when Brunson's on, mm-hmm. he is good, man. I think, I think he's the only guy in the UFC to have... Um, um, a, a first minute submission stoppage and a first minute knockout stoppage. Um, there's not many guys that have that round game. So mm-hmm. okay, you fight the greatest of all time, a guy that can do fucking everything, sensational yeah. striker. Um, so it's not as one sided as everybody thinks it's going to be. But I still fully anticipate Anderson to do his thing and put on a bit of a show for us. I think we always think that with Anderson, though, don't we? It's like we we anticipate and we expect to see the old Anderson Silva. You know, Anderson Silva's not won a fight since October 2012. That, that how mental is that? Mm. You know, we're, we're talking about the guy that a lot of people still consider the greatest of all time. 
hasn't won a fight in the US. Sells tickets, man. For five years. He still sells tickets, even no, on this street. Listen, I, I, ain't, I ain't saying he, he's, he's still a ticket seller, he's still a massive draw, but he's not won a fight in five years. I think he, he it will change this weekend. Well, you know, he came close to changing it against Michael Bisping, let's be honest with you. He was, yeah. he, Bisping was literally saved by the bell when he was stupidly pointing at his gum shield on the floor and give Anderson that free-frying knee. Um, he got away with it. They had obviously beat Nick Diaz, but then they subsequently failed drug test, so that was overturned to a no contest. So, you know, I'm being a bit harsh saying he's never won a fight in five years, but... Plus he stepped up in weight to obviously take on and then go, Then Cormier, of course, yeah. yeah. You know, and he broke his leg in the second Weidman fight. You know, it's not like he's just couldn't suddenly become shit. That, that is certainly not the case. But, you know, I think for his own sanity, he needs a win against Brunson this weekend. Yeah, like, massively. He, he needs a win. And the mad thing is, it's Anderson. And if he does win, and he wins in style, he could get a title shot next. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't won a fight in five years, but if he does the business in style, he could get a title shot. Uh, Paul Robert and a random weight, though, at, well, at welterweight yeah. as well, won't it? If against it's Connor. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. If it's something mad. I know they'll strip Wonderboy Woodley and just go, right, OK, we're going to strip you now because we don't want Connor to fight Mayweather. Connor's going to fight Anderson Silva for the uh, super welterweight <laughs> title. <laughs> we laugh, but it could happen. No, it's the UFC, man. It could happen. I'm looking forward to having him back in, mainly because he does wonders for our Instagram account. Whenever I put a picture of... Uh, uh, Anderson Silver on there with a bit of a meme. The Brazilians go fucking crazy. They, they like it. They retweet Let's meme it. Them up. They, meme they, them up. They send it everywhere. Go to our uh, uh, Instagram account at Fight Disciples if you want to get involved with some of that conversation. Um, a fight that we've mentioned previously that's also on this card. Jacare, we love him. We think he's brilliant. He's probably, for me, the number one contender in the middleweight division. I know everybody says Yo Romero is the boy, but for me, Jacare is the boy. Yeah? yeah, and he's had a little bit of. Un- uh, misfortune, let's say, obviously with all the Rockhold stuff falling through and all this type of stuff. Um, however, Tim Butch, yes, okay, he's got a bit of momentum. I think he's got, I think he's won his last two, hasn't he? He's coming into this fight with a little bit of a stink on. Yep. Uh, no, he's won his last two. Yeah, he's got his, he's bounced back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he can Bunch. hit. He yeah, can yeah. hit. He can hit. Yeah, but, he's going to get it hiding. But there's levels, man. <laughs> yeah. There are levels. The the crocodile is a fucking killer, mate. Yeah, you want to yeah. get out the way of that snap. Yeah, he's a, he's going to get a hiding against the against Jacare because Jacare is trying to prove a point now. He's trying to prove a point that he is the legitimate guy, and if he if he does a number on Boch, which we fully expect him to, obviously he's got to be next in line for Bisping versus Romero. But I think we might see something a little bit different from Jacare this weekend as well. I think we might see him the old Gegard Musasi routine because if he's not careful, he could miss out again because. As we know, Musasi's just had the year the year of his breakthrough year, if you like, mm. in UFC in terms of his performances and his on-mic ability. And listen, this is entertainment business. You've got to be able to do it on the microphone as well. And that's obviously where Jacare's fallen short. So Jacare needs to take the fact that this is a big event this weekend, get on them, rock that mic, and call out everybody and do what he's got to do to, make, to get himself a title shot. Otherwise, that middleweight division is just... It's just mental at the moment. There's Bis- too many good Bisping's Bisping's trying his very best not to fight Romero. But at the same time, he doesn't want to fight Chakra either. No. You know, all Bisping wants to do is cash in. If Anderson does a number on it, don't you, I guarantee if Bisping's in the commentary booth at the weekend, which he may well be doing the post-fight show or whatever, I guarantee Bisping calls out Anderson. <laughs> I guarantee he's like, you know what? Yeah, forget about Romero. Me and Anderson need to do because Anderson will call out Bisping. Anderson will go, listen. That, he never beat me in London. I knocked him out and blah, blah. It shouldn't have happened. And I deserve my shot at the belt. 
And Bisping knows that this is Anderson. So if we, what he wants, he will generally get because of what he's done for the company previously. And Bisping will be like, yeah, you know what, Romero? Why doesn't Romero fight Jacare again? And I'll go and fight Anderson in the, for all this money. It, it wouldn't surprise me. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Normally, we don't venture away from the UFC. However, there's something quite interesting bubbling away in the world of Bellator, which Nick brought up last week. He's made a prediction. Um, people are trying to poo-poo that prediction in the world of uh, mixed martial arts journalism. But uh, today, Thursday, which is our release day of our UFC podcast, there is a, a press release being held in London. Press conference, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for Bellator London, obviously. Um, and there'll be people, no doubt, announced to fight each other in that particular yes. fight. And the people are trying their very best to deny certain fights. Come on, man. They have to announce it, don't they? They've got to do it. They've got They've got to make the fight between Paul Daly and MVP. Uh, and MVP. They've got to make uh, the skull crushes. That's what they've got to do, haven't they? They've got to, yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, whether they like it or not, they've both kind of backed themselves into a corner now. They've... They're giving each other so much shit on social media. Exactly. Just get the fight on. What's up with you, boys? Exactly. You know, and for so long now, MVP's been criticised as being someone that's very protected and been getting fed fighters by the by Bellator and they're grooming them for other things. And listen, man, Paul Daly ain't no feeder fighter. No, he ain't. Paul Daly is 100% legit. Fireworks. If you're, you know, if you're an outstanding grappler, submission specialist, then you could argue Paul Daly's, you're being fed Paul Daly because he, he doesn't do that. That's just not what he's about. But MVP isn't, he's a striker as well. So you've got the, you know, you could argue two of the best welterweight strikers in this country going to headline the Nick Bellator London card. And they've just had similar knockouts without flying I'll in. be honest, that is a much better main event than UFC London. You dirty pig. MVP against Mike Paul Daly is a legit main event. I am sorry, that is a brilliant, brilliant fight. Like, I would literally... Walk to London to see that fight. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say then. <laughs> Keep an eye on our social media feed. Like I said, we don't normally cover the U- uh, anything else other than the UFC, but it's that, a good one. That, that, that that's monstrous, yeah. monstrous, absolutely monstrous. Especially with Paul Daly's previous past in the UFC and maybe the future yeah. uh, for Michael Venom Page. We will keep you up to date with that via at Fight Disciples on Twitter, so get your hands on it. Now, before we clear off, it's only fair that we have a little bit of a one to watch on the UFC 208 card. Yep. Everybody's going to be watching the main events. They're going to be watching Holly, maybe pick up a second UFC title. Obviously, you're going to be interested in Jacare. Anderson Silva's knocking about. Yeah, What are you picking out? Well, first of all, I'm going to say, Let's all just say a little prayer that Ian McCall actually gets the fight. Oh, my days, man. Oh, my days. Jared Brooks has stepped in now. Obviously, Neil Seary had to pull out. Listen, just let's just let's just say a little prayer for Ian McCall. Because if somebody's going to stub the toe on the way to the Oxford, if something happens here, if this fight falls through as well, I literally fear for Ian McCall's safety because so many fights have pulled out on him. But my tip for this fight: Randy Brown, the welterweight. He's originally from Jamaica, based out of Queens, New York, but he lives in Las Vegas. He left, literally left his family behind, moved to Las Vegas, trains at Extreme Couture. He's a welterweight, absolute mustard, lives, sleeps, breathes MMA. His UFC, I think he lost his second UFC fight, but he's on a little bit of a run now. He's won his last couple. He's got, I think that was the only loss on his entire record, actually. But Randy Brown, yeah, keep an eye out for him. I think he's on the prelim card. Uh, he's definitely my one to watch on Saturday night. There you go. Make sure you check it out. Um, we will have all the feedback from UFC 208 on next week's show. Make sure you come and join us. If you don't already, please subscribe to our podcast. Go to fightdisciples.com. All the information is there for you. And as I keep telling you throughout the course of the show, we are on social media every single day of the week having a bit of a crack making memes of Anderson Silva. So if you want to come and join us, you can do. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.